This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hi, this is Marina Sirdis, Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. You're listening to Trek FM. Theo Greyheart. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Earl Grey. I'm your host, Amy Nelson, and joined with me today are Justin Ozer and Richard Marquez. Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. Great to have us all together again. Yes. And Richard, how about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. I'm ready for my uh, funny bone to be tickled. Yes. Well, (laughs) today, that is what we are talking about. We each have realized that Next Generation has some pretty funny moments. And so we have found three picks and we haven't shared them with each other. And so we're going to go through and talk about what tickles our funny bone. So, Justin, why don't you start us off with one of your picks? Give us a little synopsis of the context of it and why you think it's funny. All right. So uh, my pick comes from uh, season one episode, Haven. And in that episode, I think it's the first one with Loxana Troy, right? Um, and and she, um, she comes aboard and uh, Deanna is supposed to marry this guy, Wyatt, that I guess they've known for a while. And they're having this dinner scene uh, where everybody's gathered together. And uh, Loxana talks about how the bride and groom and all of the guests go naked and at the wedding. And there's this argument that ensues and Deanna just gets totally fed up. And, and she says, stop this petty bickering, all of you, especially you, mother. And she storms out. And then there's a beat. And then Data is behind them. He's been observing the whole thing. And very politely, he says, could you please continue the petty bickering? I find it most intriguing. His reaction to that, breaking the tension, I I always laugh so much at that. (laughs) And part of that scene that I find hilarious is Mr. Holm ringing the bell when they're eating. And through all the bickering and all the noise and the chitter and chatter, and you hear this ding, ding, all oh, that cracks me up. It's great. And and Hom is so pleased with himself. He's drinking, he's smiling, he keeps ringing the bells for, for gratitude each time. And of course, as Deanna storms off, she just, you know, hits that thing and it falls over to the ground. Just that whole scene is is hilarious. I, I, I always, I enjoy the episode, but I enjoy that scene most especially because I just laugh so much at it. And he's so pleased with himself when he's doing that. And it's like, he's got to be drunk while he's doing that. Like, 
<laughs> the way he bungs it, it's like like every, all this drama happens, and it it doesn't even phase him. He's like, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that's the only time that Hom actually speaks because at the very end he says something like, "Thank you for the drinks." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is also is, really funny. That is the only time he speaks. Yes. Yeah. So. Anyway, that that was the first thing that came to mind because it's just an early one and it's it's one of the funniest things in those early episodes. Yeah, and Data is just so pleased to be witnessing all of this and just you can see his internal workings trying to analyze it. It's it is great moment. Oh my gosh, I love it. I was, was going to say Data has what I would call his android smile. You know, sometimes when when Data is really having a good time, he just has a slight upturn in his mouth where he's like, "Hmm." <laughs> I love that too. Yeah, it's just could you imagine if he actually learned all of his emotions from her? Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'd be a riot. Oh, <laughs> uh, I would absolutely love to see a, a, a like an adaptation of that. That would be freaking hilarious. <laughs> all the jokes and everything, it'd be great. <laughs> Very good. That is a great one to start us off. All right, Richard, give us your first pick. Okay, so I'm going to start off with season one as well. And it's a play off of, obviously, if you're seeing it for the first time, it's it's one thing. But when you've seen the entire series and first contact and everything, uh, it's even more hilarious. So I chose Justice. Um, all oh, the, what a hilarious uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it but is like, in a lot of ways, but. Yeah, it is. It, it's, a, it's just, it's all pure fun. and Well, I mean, obviously, except for... You know, unfortunately, um, Wesley, Wesley didn't might die. die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like uh, the whole entire episode. Obviously, if you've never seen it, it's basically half naked people running around like it's um, the Garden of Eden, and uh, it just. Uh, whenever I watch that episode, I always re- uh, always get reminded by uh, <laughs> Zever Cochran's uh, whole vision of the future is in first contact is dollar signs. And he wants to be strand, stranded on a plant uh, on a planet uh, with filled with naked women. <laughs> and just, I was like, oh my gosh, that's like his dream right there. I mean, I'm sure he's there somewhere. You're just gonna have to find him somewhere. <laughs> but I absolutely love this episode because it's. I mean, a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it's all goofing around. It's a little bit uncomfortable for for them for being. I guess. I guess you wouldn't see something like that in a utopian society, would you? See, see what people run around scantily clad and well, but uh, yeah, but I mean, like, uh, what are those things? Uh, I don't know how far you guys want to go with this, but um, what are those things called? Um, not like a, I don't want to see a swinger party. <laughs> um, um yeah, swinger party. Like well, I'm talking about like a hippie summer thing. I just read it, read about it not too long ago. Talking about free love. There you go. Well, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Basically. Okay. That's basically what it is. Uh, there's another term for it. I just can't remember what it is. But yeah, but I mean, I I, I wouldn't assume something like that. Well, maybe they might might have something. This um, well, they've got Riza, which is maybe even like more overt about it. True, very true. There you go. <laughs> so so is, is it like the 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 whole like episode and the concept, or is there a certain moment you find the funniest in the episode? The whole entire thing, <laughs> the whole entire thing. I mean, obviously, except for the serious part. But like, um, you know, oh, I'm sorry, the unfortunate part of the whole entire episode. But like, um, 
Yeah, like it's just it's just hilarious on some of the jokes they were like, Oh yeah, you know, when they're talking to Wesley, it's like, Yeah, would you like to go play with me? I'm like, uh <laughs> it's just it's just like uh I'm I'm a little young for that <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, and then and, they're like, Well, we have appropriate you right, know, games age for appropriate your stuff. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't isn't there one moment where one of the women comes up and, and hugs Worf and he says something like, Nice planet <laughs> <laughs> He did, he did. Yeah. Leave it to Worf to have some great one-liners. Always. And sometimes it's just two words. It's a two-worder that's hilarious. <laughs> but you got to say with context, because like you won't know what, uh, what exactly is going on. <laughs> yeah, Justice is definitely funny when you look at it that way. I mean, even, I mean, yeah, the free love and that little sexual tension that you see you know, when they are approaching, you know, Deanna and Riker and Worf, and they're just like, whoa, what, what's going on here? And Riker's like, just go with it. You know, it is. It's a funny episode. <laughs> well, uh, I will also go with a season one themed pick, and it is from All Good Things, um, but it's in the the first timeline of All Good Things, you know, the pre-before Enterprise D. And I love this when Data and Miles O'Brien are in the engine room and O'Brien says, well, I'll be burning a midnight oil on this one. And Data, that would be inadvisable. Excuse me? If you intend to ignite a petroleum product on the ship at zero hundred hours, you will activate the fire suppression system, which would seal off this entire compartment. Come on now. That's hilarious. I love his expression and just, and then later he's, he asked Miles O'Brien about the etymology of the idiom burning the midnight oil. I mean, that whole thing just encapsulates everything that Data was in season one, just so curious about learning humanity and the culture and everything. And it just, the petroleum product on the ship. I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah, it is pretty funny. And as I was looking into this, there's so many data moments that are so funny because of of who he is and how he plays things and what he's learning. Yeah. Do you think uh, a saying like that would actually exist in the 24th century? What, what a saying like like igniting the midnight, yeah the midnight oil the midnight oil yeah. said igniting. Well, people can still I think from time to time refer to burning the midnight oil, which has nothing to do with you know what we do because we have electric lights, right? Right. But right. but pe- but someone can still recognize what that means, hunt, like probably a few hundred years later. But I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I'm trying to think like what saying do we still use that's you know comes from a very long time ago that deals with energy. Well, no, just like well, I was thinking we still say oh what's well now I can't even think of it, but uh, it's like easy as sliced bread. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that huh. could be, and that could continue. Easy yeah. as pie? No, pie would probably exist. Well, that doesn't actually come from like the food pie, but it's there's some other, yeah, yeah, other reasoning for it. But but we don't even remember. But we say, oh, easy as pie. Yeah, and I think it's from a while back. So uh, maybe, maybe. Mm. Yeah. But whether they'd be mm. listening to so much of our music, I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even though All Good Things was season seven, obviously, but it. Goes plays into season one episode. So, 
Yeah, definitely. And that's it, that's so great that they did that as, as part of the finale, kind of going back and looking at how things were and, and all that. It's, it's such a great episode. Yeah. It is really. the best season series finale, in my opinion. I disagree, but... Hmm. Huh. Hmm. You haven't hmm. seen the Deep Space hmm. Nine finale because you haven't seen enough oh, of Deep Space Nine. Oh, we're talking about Nine. TNG, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. No, All Good Things is I the best. I could have said best. the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's the second best, but I do love it. <laughs> All right, we will shelve that for another discussion. So, Justin, give us your second pick. Okay, for my second pick, it's, it's also from season seven, actually. It's in the second part of the Gambit two-parter and if you might remember gambit was the one where picard has to pose as i guess an antiquities smuggler or analyst on on this on this ship and you know at, at the very end of of the adventure there's such a funny scene that i love so much because picard is still in i think he's still in his garb that of his you know pirate smuggler kind of outfit and riker's there and and data's there and, you know, Picard asks Riker to, to set course and Riker's like, wait a minute, you've been declared dead because as part of the episode, he was supposedly killed and you can't give orders around here. And Data says, if we're to adhere to the exact letter of Starfleet regulations, then technically, sir, you have been declared a renegade. In fact, I believe you are facing 12 counts of court-martial offenses. You cannot give orders either, sir. And then Picard says, that's quite right. And as I am supposed to be dead, I'll go and get some sleep. And Mr. Data, I suggest you escort Commander Riker to the brig. <laughs> and Data says, dead seriously, I, sir. And he grabs Riker and starts leading him away and says, this way, sir. And Riker says, Data, he was joking. You know that, right? Data? <laughs> and then the episode just ends right there. <laughs> this is such a hilarious way to break the tension of like this really tense two-parter. And I just think it's so funny that Data is just taking it so seriously because Picard has given him a direct order, right? And he's not going to disobey that. As usual, Data's literal and Riker's face just is perfect, just captures that. It's 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 really great. And as I was putting these together, I was finding some YouTube clips. So maybe in the show notes, we can put uh, some links so people can watch some of these scenes as well. Because yeah, seeing Riker's face is part of what makes it so funny as he's being led away and the episode ends. Yeah, we'll put those in the show notes. I found the one from uh, Burning the Midnight Oil, so I'll put that one in too. There you go. Excellent. Yeah. I love that episode. I really are. Uh, yeah, I really love that episode. It's it's a really uh, creative uh, writing on that on that episode. Whole entire episode. I really like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I I like it too. And it's funny how you see like this this uh, kind of tension being let out between Riker and Picard where they get to punch each other. And I don't know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like this, this whole setup. I, I love that. It's, it's one of my favorite two parters for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Richard, what about your second pick? All right. Um, so I'm going to go to season six um, and we're going to go to tapestry. Uh, one of my favorite episodes that just, I don't know. I don't know what, why it's so hilarious, but every time I see it, it's when uh, Picard, um, uh, uh, I guess, has romantic relationships with Marta. <laughs> um, and uh, so basically the, 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 ne uh, the night, the next, uh, the morning before, after, uh, he rolls over and look, look there, look who it is. It's Q. <laughs> and, he, and then he covers up like it's like, uh, 
<laughs> it's like yeah the look I, on picard's face where he's like "Ooh, i'm naked here <laughs> in front of q <laughs> it's so hilarious every time i watch that it's just it always makes me laugh no matter what i'm just laughing my my ass off and you know i watched it a couple days ago and i'm laughing and jennifer's like looking at me like what's funny <laughs> i was like yeah, all right i was like come on i mean it's q <laughs> but she doesn't know q like i know q <laughs> yeah it's so, so funny well and there are other funny moments I, I love when when picard first sees q and it's it looks like it's this heavenly kind of setting and q's claiming he that he's god and picard says i refuse to believe the universe is so badly designed <laughs> i always <laughs> laugh so much at that because by that point it's season six and you've seen all of these ways that Q has messed with the crew. So it's so much funnier than if you'd only maybe seen him once or this was the first time you were seeing him. You think of like the whole history of him messing with the crew and you think, yeah, that would be a terrible universe if Q was God. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. And we're just his ga- little game. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah, there's some funny moments in there. Oh, Yeah, The chemistry between John Delancey and Patrick Stewart is classic, and they both have good comedic timing, and you're right, when he just turns over and sees Q there, that is very, very funny. (laughs) Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, how uh, How about you, Amy? Okay, well, I'm... Oh, let's see. So I'm saving my best, funniest for last. Um, So my next pick is from season... Ooh, help me out. I just wrote it up. Uh, Unification Part 2. Is that six or five? Five. Season five. Yep. And it's just a one-liner. And it was funny because I was back home over the weekend and I was talking to one of my brothers who loves Star Trek and I was saying, well, what's a funny moment that you have in preparation for this episode? And he just reminded me of a one-liner that is said with from Data, as usual. Um, so Sela is in her office, and we've got Spock and Data there. And she's informing that Spock's going to read this speech that's going to encourage the Vulcans to welcome this peace envoy which then the Romulans, you know, the whole secret plot. And so Sela says, excuse me, I'm just finishing up a speech for you, Mr. Spock. I rather enjoy writing. I don't get to do it very often in this job. And then Data pipes in, completely serious, perhaps you would be happier in another job. Come on now, that's (laughs) hilarious. It is pretty funny. I just like, really? And he just says it so matter-of-factly, like, yeah, maybe you should consider a career change, you know, and not trying to destroy all of Vulcan. You know, I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny, that moment. I would have never thought of that. I would just, uh, yeah, I mean, true. I mean, there's some, uh, some uh, like, smart or you know just some moments but with data that just happens all of a sudden but it's like i never think about i never think about them until until they come up or or someone says something yeah yeah and what i like it's yeah these little one-liners i mean we know Worf has his one-liners but data has them too that's a little bit more subtle and it's great how the writers put that in throughout the series 
Yeah, those moments are definitely yeah. funny. <laughs> we should see who wins the competition of best one-liners, war for data. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> they both have some really good ones. Uh, they do. Okay, listeners on the Babel Conference, we want to hear from you. Is that going to be Wharf one-liners or data one-liners? This is going to be an interesting result. Yeah. I tend to think more of Wharf as one-liners, but when you mentioned that, I thought, oh, yeah, data has some We got to at least add too. one more into there. Who? Like so, someone else. Um, I was just trying to think of that because as soon as, as, soon as you, were, you, were just, you just said that, I was thinking, I was like, we should add someone else in there too. Well, Q is always good. It's just his frequency on the series isn't right. as exactly, much. But, yeah. I mean, if we look at percentage of airtime, then we might be able to get away with that. Yeah, I guess Worf and, um, Worf and Data would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. All right. I mean, you guys should know what, what mine is, so. <laughs> yes, I think we do. Okay, Justin, on to your third and final pick for Funniest Moments. Okay, so... Um... I have another one. It's funny, as I went through these, you know, I got things from different seasons and I was kind of moving them around and and I wanted to get things from different seasons. But I have another one from season seven because it's definitely one of my favorite funniest moments. So it's it's in the Pegasus uh, toward the beginning of the episode. And I think there's some people in the observation lounge and uh, it's Captain Picard Day. And there's this big banner about Captain Picard Day, right? And then... Picard has to take a call from an admiral from Starfleet Command um, in the observation lounge. And at one point, the admiral sees the banner and she says, Captain Picard Day? And he says, oh, uh, yes, it's, it's for the children. I'm, I'm a role model. <laughs> and the admiral says, I'm sure you are. Starfleet out. Just that whole like little conversation is so hilarious in the way that Picard is seems so embarrassed by it and he then he just says, I'm a role model. The way that that Patrick Stewart delivers that line is so funny. And then the Admiral is still serious and just says, Starfleet out. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. That is hilarious. That is so it's, funny. It's so funny. And of course, right before that, there's another really funny moment where Picard's talking with Riker, and Riker has this little Picard doll and he starts imitating Picard. That part's hilarious too, right before this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I love that little doll thing. <laughs> yeah, the great. little doll is. I, I love that they actually manufactured like this little Picard, and it's not like an action figure. It's like a doll. It's like a little soft doll that you might give to to a kid. And that's one of the things that I like about what you see in Star Trek sometimes, because there's this really funny scene about Captain Picard Day, something they make up, something that's really funny and lighthearted, and then a lot of the rest of this episode, the Pegasus, is so serious, and it's about cloaking devices and intelligence and deception and it's like so heavy but it starts out with this really funny part to kind of break that i, I love when star trek does that hmm. yeah because it wouldn't work any other time except for the beginning because of how serious it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely is. so <clears throat> and they and they do that in other places like i think amy when we talked about conspiracy we talked about how there there were these these kind of funny scenes going on at the beginning before it gets really serious and for me, that really works when, when they do that and it can kind of um, break the tension or uh, kind of soften you up or prepare you for something that's more serious. And, and they do it, I feel like they do it perfectly in that episode, The Pegasus. Yeah, and that goes 
you know, with the subcontext of Picard not liking children at all throughout the whole series. And then we're, you know, coming near the end and he's being forced to participate in this Captain Picard day. And you can see just the strain in his face and that he's, oh, I have to be here. One of my captain duties. And, and so that just plays off of it just perfectly. Well, but here's a question because this is in season seven and, you know, he's, he's definitely really uncomfortable with children. Um, and I think you even see in, in disaster when he's stuck with the children in, in the turbo lift that he's really uncomfortable, but eventually during the course of that episode, he becomes more comfortable. He's helping out. Um, and it would be interesting to, if we were to take a look and see, like, is it true that towards season seven that he's really still uncomfortable with the children or in that scene that he's just um, embarrassed by the Admiral seeing it and he really does enjoy it? I, I, I think it's a, it's a good question by that point if he has the same attitude toward children that he did in season one. I think that he still has the same attitude. I think in Disaster, that was he was in survival mode. And how is he going to, you know, keep the kids alive and and keep him alive and get to where he needs to be, get to the bridge? And so he's using what he has, those assets of the children. And so he's, again, sort of being forced in this situation with these children. And I don't think that it eases up. And it's just my opinion. Um, so that when we get to Captain Picard Day, in my opinion, he's still just as awkward and as tense and as unwilling to participate with kids as he ever was. I could see that. But in the meantime, in Rascals, he was a kid for an episode, so he must understand them by now. Well, everyone was a kid <laughs> doesn't mean that you want to be around But, but recently, he, he, he had had this experience being a kid. Okay, maybe I'm stretching it, but <laughs> I just no, think about I, that. It's just my opinion. And be, yeah, feel free to disagree. And he, I can see your point that, yeah, maybe he has relaxed on his feelings about kids. I don't see it that way, but I can see that you would or anyone what do you, else. What would. do you think, Richard? Season seven Picard, kids, love him or hate him? I think he likes them. I don't know about love, but he <laughs> likes them. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously we see this very, uh, to me, it, when it comes to like children, we see this very, I guess, cold and sort of like standoffish kind of person. And obviously family is very important to him. So, I mean, obviously his nephew and everything and, uh, and everything, and he's, he's grown attached to him over the, over the seven years. And obviously we know through gen- generations as well. But like... um yeah, I think over the years, you know, being exposed to children and also, I guess, in a sense, being a role model. <laughs> um, I'm a role model. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it definitely, uh, it, de- it definitely, like, I guess, warmed them up I- even more. And I guess if, it, I guess if we saw, I mean, even, even having like a character like Wesley um, and trying to be that fa- father figure, even though he's the wrong character. Um, anyway, <laughs> but like, um, yeah. D- it definitely warmed him up to uh, to children a little bit more, um, and you know, I guess when if he act well, obviously in the books, um, he obviously likes children enough to have a kid. So yeah, yeah. so yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Just something I was thinking about as we were discussing it. Yeah, I think he like he loves them now. You know, post movies. <laughs> well, he better once he has a kid in the books. I know, right? 
editing. All right. Uh, R- Richard, your third okay. pick. Um, I've got like a hundred bucks on this last one, uh, for you, uh, Amy. So I'm going to leave this one off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but like, uh, but so I'm going to go with my other one. Um, so I went with Deja Q season three. De- I mean, it, it starts out, it's like, obviously it's a Q episode and it starts out with him losing his powers and everything. And him basically trying to convince everyone that hey I'm not immortal anymore um but um it's when we get when we get through all the uh the heavy stuff the, all the drama and, and of of the episode and it's at the end where he sacrifices himself for the uh for the enterprise well if that's what you want to call it I wouldn't call it him he's just being trying to get the nuisance away from the ship but um so when he uh gets his powers back he appears on the bridge and he's like, I'm back. And then the mariachi band is there and everything. And everyone's got cigars and it's just absolutely hilarious. I'm laughing my ass off. Uh, just watching them dance around like an, basically an idiot. <laughs> and, um, it's just, it, it's, it's just hilarious on some of the, th- uh, uh, that he's like, Oh, come on. You guys aren't excited, uh, excited about it. Like I am, I just helped you guys out sort of thing. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's absolutely one of my favorite endings to uh, a, a you know it's it's semi uh, you know semi uh, serious episode, but it's just hilarious. I absolutely love um, when he's being that goofy kind of person that he is. <laughs> yeah, that that that's a good one. Of course, Picard is not amused at all by right. by how he's celebrating. Like, hey, I'm here. I can help you save the universe again. Let's dance. Yeah, that's that's a pretty funny moment. In, I mean, uh, I just, Deja Q. again, with the writers coming up with something, what would be the most annoying? All right, Q coming back with the whole mariachi band and <laughs> everything and loud trumpets playing on the bridge, you know, this solemn place where big decisions happen. And here we've got this party, you know, it's hilarious. Yeah, that is very, very funny. I'm back. I was going to say, there's some other funny moments in, in that episode, too. Um, I love when, when Q says that he has no powers and, um, and then he asks, what must I do to convince you people that I'm not immortal anymore? And Worf says, die. Die. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. yep. I was laughing at that too. I was like, oh my goodness. That's great. (laughs) Oh yeah. And of course here, here's a, here's a Q one liner. And then of course, after that, uh, Q says, oh, very clever Worf. Eat any good books lately? (laughs) So Q does have some one-liners. Yes, but he does. There you go. There that, you go. That whole exchange is is hilarious, and there's a you know there's another moment in there which is kind of funny and a little chilling at the same time where he sees Guinan and and she wants to to prove that that he's actually mortal and stabs him with a fork. Oh yes. <laughs> he's like, oh, seems pretty mortal. So the futuristic four or five pronged fork. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but it's kind of chilling too. Like, oh man, she just stabbed him with a fork. <laughs> I probably would have done the same, especially if that person was immortal <laughs> or was immortal. <laughs> yeah, and had had messed around and was your arch enemy, which it seems like Q is to Guinan. But there's there's some really funny, and just the whole thing is funny with with Q appearing on the bridge naked and and dropping down from there, and and just how he complains about being hungry and all this stuff. It's it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about him complaining he was hungry. What is this feeling? <laughs> I, 
Well, I just noticed mine deals with all naked people. (laughs) (laughs) Richard. Wow. All right. (laughs) Wait a minute. Oh, Justice Tapich, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I just noticed that. I was like, oh. There's nudity in each of those episodes. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. Well then. (laughs) TVMA. Yeah. Well, although uh, with with justice, it's I think it's more that they're scantily clad and it's suggestive. With with tapestry and deja Q, yeah, there's actually some nudity, very heavily implied there. <laughs> wow, Richard, I can't I imagine what your honorable mentions are. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one. It's just one. I got a hundred bucks on it. All right. So don't 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 spoil it, Amy. <laughs> no. Oh well. Well, for my third and final pick is the comes from the movies, First Contact, <laughs> and we have to recognize Counselor Troy in First Contact, and we lovingly know her as Drunk Troy, and she is so funny. This entire scene, in case you don't know which I'm talking about. They're down on the planet, and they're trying to find Zephram Cochran. And so it's Riker and Troy down there, and she's like, finally found him. And there's all this loud jukebox playing, and Riker is like, what? What's going on? She's like, look, he wouldn't even talk to me unless I had a drink with him. And then it took three shots of something called tequila just to find out that he was the one we're looking for. And I've spent the last 20 minutes trying to keep his hands off me. So don't go criticizing my counseling techniques. And then Riker's like, did you tell him our story and the timeline? And she's like, timeline? This is no time to talk about time. We don't have the time. What was I saying? (laughs) Classic drunk Troy Funniest moment, in my opinion, all of Next Gen. Hilarious. And didn't they, I think it was only one take on that one, too. They, they only took one take. They didn't need to do it one, any more than that. <laughs> oh, I believe it. And if you know anything about Marina Sirtis and have seen her in person, drunk Troy, this is really Marina in her truest form. I mean, when you see her on stage talking and answering questions and interacting with the fans, like junk, drunk Troy is Marina. And it's just so funny and hilarious. I love drunk Troy. And I think she actually said that at, at Star Trek Las Vegas that... That that was really her. The rest of the character wasn't really Marina Sirtis, but that drunk scene, that's Marina Sirtis. Exactly. <laughs> it was hilarious. It makes you wonder, like, could Troy have been have been funnier in other parts of, of the series or, or in the movies like this? Yeah, I think that the writers really missed out and could have tapped more of Marina in Deanna. Yeah, but that was the 80s. I mean, something like that probably wouldn't have been written in, wouldn't it? Would it? I I don't I I don't know, but you, you like actually they could have taken a whole different um, approach to the Troy character. Actually, I think my wife was I was talking with my wife about this recently. Like the Troy character from the beginning could have been you know this this empathic counselor, but at the same time been like really funny and been you know really cutting the the tension and not always being as as serious. I would have liked to see that because she would have had like these two different sides. And I think that would have, that would have been interesting. What do you guys think? I think, 
with her position as being counselor, and I noticed that. Well, not I, while she's doing the counseling, but no, you no, know, no, no, no. Time. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> so I was saying that I sort of run into that dilemma as well, being a teacher, where I'm, you know, trying to mold these young children and, you know, be this role model type of thing. But like with Troy being a counselor, she has to walk that fine line. And if she's too quick witted or sarcastic, like it doesn't pull off as easily as say Data or Worf where their jobs don't require that empathy and compassion. And I notice like sometimes when I'm teaching, if I come up with a very rare, a sarcastic comment or something quick witted, like sometimes my kids are taken aback and they're like, what did you say, Miss Nelson? And I was like, oh my gosh, I was just kidding. But, you know, and then I, I can't, so sometimes I I wonder, that's a good question. I don't know if it would be, if she could pull it off because her position is a counselor. Not even know. like in her off time when she's not on duty? Well, yeah, off duty, you know, maybe, you know, at the poker table and stuff. But I think on duty, she runs that risk of, you know, not being such the counselor and, you know, maybe people won't, wouldn't open up to her as quickly or, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. That's just what I've seen from my experience. And I know other teachers who are as sarcastic as get out and just, you know, teasing with the kids and slamming on them and, and it it works for them. I'm just saying it, it doesn't work for me. And I, so I can see why it wouldn't work for a counselor. Okay, but I was just thinking, like, if if that's the real, like, Marina Sirtis in that drunk scene in in First Contact, maybe if there were scenes, like, elsewhere in in The Next Generation where she's, you know, off-duty or or something like that, that that it would have added something and you could could kind of release some of that 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 she just naturally has. Well, and definitely, like, in Naked Now, you know, where they're supposedly drunk. Like, we didn't get to see her be all that funny or... Uh, like I was saying at the poker table or her and Beverly's, you know, when they're working out together, you know, the, the, definitely there was some times where she could be more funny and let the Marina come through in the Deanna character. I would have liked to see that. I love Marina. She's amazing. And so, She's so funny. funny. Yeah. And just like matter of fact, tell it like it is no apologies. This is, oh my gosh, she's so funny. Richard. So the drunk Troy, that was the one you were betting on, right? Nope, nope, no. Nope. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, you missed it. <laughs> That's why I was celebrating. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wait a minute. Was it okay? So now let's. Wait, are try we going to do guess. honorable mentions, and then that'll yeah, be one of Richards? Yeah, That's next. Yeah, now. let's get Richards. <laughs> let's let's go with this uh, theme. So, Richard, is yours from the series or from a movie? It's from the series. Okay. Justin, do you know what he's talking about? Well, it it has something to do Probably. with Troy, right? Of course it does. Yes. <laughs> of course it does. Okay, give us a season, Richard. Five. Really? Season five? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I missed it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I sw- I, I swore. I was like, I was like, I was watching. I was like, it's one of my favorite scenes of uh of Maria Sardis. Um, and I was like, oh. Man, she's gonna pick this one, so I'm just gonna leave this to the side and pick, uh, make it as an honorable mention, just in case she doesn't. And um, it's just all right. It deals with um, Riker, and it deals with Troy. Oh, oh! Did we talk about this on the row episode? No. Yes, I think we yeah. did. 
Are you talking no. about the scene toward the end of um, oh. is it Conundrum? You're not thinking about that one. No, no. Because <laughs> no. I don't think she would choose okay, that okay. one. Okay. Yeah, I would you. not choose that. Okay, we, you have kept us in suspense long enough. Richard, tell us your honorable mention, the one that I missed. It's uh, Troy's uh, Chocolate Sunday Ritual. Oh, you are right. <laughs> and leave it to Richard going with his theme. Listeners, listen up. I love that scene. It's so, it's so, it's, I mean, anyone that loves a certain kind of food, everyone has a ritual. It's, it's just, yeah, everyone has a, I don't know about you, Justin, but I have a ritual when it comes to like pizza and lasagna. And I absolutely have to have, for lasagna, it's edge first. <laughs> and actually, pizza too, edge first. Um, and it's like, it, it's just, I absolutely, uh, I absolutely love how uh, articulate she is about. You need to take the spoon, go around the edges, get around enough chocolate, grab a little bit of uh, of ice cream, close your eyes, and <laughs> put it in your mouth. It's it's just it's so I absolutely love it, and it's just it's hilarious because because obviously you see Riker is like. Uh, should I leave you two alone? <laughs> so, it's like, yeah, you, you, you probably should. <laughs> but I mean, I figured you of all people would have chosen that. Yes. Well, that is true. There is rituals into building the perfect bite when it's a food that you enjoy. So yes, that is a very funny that's, moment. That's a good one. But that's part of the, the game, right? The episode yes, it the is. game. Yep, yeah. it is the game. So when I think of the game, I, you know, of course, think of what what's mainly going on. And I forget that that chocolate Sunday ritual is in that episode. But yeah, that's a really funny moment. <laughs> she's just so into it. And she has the perfect way to do it. Yes. And I wonder how many people have have done it that way, because that's how she recommended it. Who've mm. watched the show. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Yes, Troy's love affair with chocolate is real. Yes, don't mess. Yeah, yeah. and I wonder what kind of chocolate exists back in, into the future. That would be very interesting to see what kind of chocolates actually exist. I mean, what she would which would she choose? Would she choose a, a a chocolate from Earth, or is there another chocolate from another planet that she would choose? And would she have a banana in there, or would it be something else? And uh, that w- I think it would be very interesting. Would she have sprinkles on it? Would she have nuts on it? You know, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Yeah. I, I, I know what uh, what we're going to do after this episode. We're just going to go and try to make that perfect Sunday and, and see if it's as good as, as Troy describes it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect bite. <laughs> well, Justin, do you have an honorable mention? I do. I do. This one barely didn't make it because I think it's one of the the funniest things in Star Trek, really. Um, so it's in the Icarus Factor, which is a season two episode. That's one where Worf is kind of brooding for a while and they can't figure out what's going on. Eventually they figure out there's this ritual that they need to help him with. But before that, in 10 forward, um, Jordy and Data are talking and they're looking at Worf, who's kind of folded his arms and he's staring out out the window in, in 10 forward. And then Jordy and data are talking and they're like, well, we don't know what's going on, but data says, well, let me see what I can do. So he goes over to Worf and he says, excuse me, Lieutenant, you seem to have lost the will to communicate with others. You have friends here. We care about you. Why just recently, Jordy Wesley and I were saying, and then Worf interrupts him with all due respect, be gone. (laughs) 
sir. He has this pause in there before he adds the sir to be respectful. And he says, be gone so loud that there is this shot back to data and his like his face is blown backward because he said it so loud. Every time I see that, I think I just fall out of my chair laughing because <laughs> it is so funny the way that, that Worf says it and just adds the little sir right after it just to be polite. That's, I love that so much. <laughs> yes, another good one-liner from Worf. Yep. <laughs> Only he could Ooh. say, be gone and, and make Data look afraid of him. <laughs> just kind of kind of leaves and oh and, and then after that data goes back to Jordy and and says he seems to be very sincere in his belief that he wants to be left alone yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love that scene so so much oh, but yeah definitely so an honorable funny. mention and you know he's the only one on the ship that actually probably could get away with anger issues um, versus anyone else agree yeah because they're like oh that's that's the the klingon i, I mean could you imagine if if uh, Jordy LaForge was just yelling at people, they'd be like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? We Maybe you need some time off. You need a little stress relief. But with Worf, it's like, okay, we'll just steer clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the, yeah, you're right. He's the only one on the ship that could get away with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. How about you, Amy? Do you have an honorable mention? Yeah, I do. It's another one from the movies, and it's from Generations. And I... I know a lot of people don't like it, but I love Data's getting his humor. And I just, okay, there's a couple that I just want to mention. So when he's remembering and he starts busting up laughing and Jordy's like, what are you laughing at? Remember that joke you told seven years ago? That is so funny because he's like reliving all of his memories and then now finally getting the joke. It brings, wait for it, to a new level. I mean, that's... By the way, is he referring to the joke in Conspiracy in season one? No, I think (laughs) it's the one... Is it? Or is it the one in... Well, he, I thought I it was Encounter at Farpoint. It was. It, well, that's what he said. He said it was the it was the mission to Farpoint, but oh, okay. I don't remember that joke uh, on because uh, he said it was on the bridge. Yeah, and I don't remember that joke unless there was something somewhere. Well, unless they're um, just referring yeah. to something that never actually right. was on screen. Right. I sort yeah. of assumed that, but yeah, when you say that joke, when Jordy was saying, "What was that joke that?" They started and then you never heard the end of it. Is is that the one you're talking? I'm, look, I'm actually I'm actually looking at it up right now because I was I was like I I, I, like, I couldn't remember the joke. Um, it's something to do with a frangy. <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Uh, but a frang uh, yeah. But the frang okay. Okay, I was I was totally wrong about the one from Conspiracy. Data did get that right at the time, so never mind. The clown can stay, but the Ferengi in the gorilla suit can go. Yeah. Oh, was that one where they only you, you see like the last part of it and you don't hear the whole joke? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. He he does the punchline. Yeah, basically, because <laughs> he's laughing and he's like, "What do you laugh at?" Or uh, uh, you get what? Or like, or no, he says, "I get it." And then he said, "You get what?" And then that's why he says. The clown can stay. It, that was the punchline. So the clown can stay, but the Ferengi and the gorillas who can go. Yeah. And it says, yeah, it says during the far point mission, you were on the bridge and you told the joke. That was the punchline, which I don't remember that joke. I <laughs> so and I was like, I don't know. It seemed a really serious episode, 
through, yeah. throughout the whole entire thing anyway. So. And another one that I have from Generations, and again, I know fans don't like it, but when they're trying to open the door and Data has Mr. Tricorder, open sesame. I have a magnetic personality. I'm sorry. I just laugh every time. That is so funny to me. I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoy it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get annoyed by by data in that movie and Mr. Tricorder and all that. But I know what? some people I'm glad you enjoy it. No, I, I really enjoy do. it. Yes. Did I you do. like did you like life forms? Life no, forms. I don't, no. life forms. <laughs> Come on, it was Where great. It was not. You? Oh, it's, yes, but I, that's I, I know funny. it's 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 just me. I know, but there are other people like you're saying, Amy, who are just like, oh, I don't like this. So that's fine, and I respect if if you like it. It just doesn't amuse me. I'm glad that you enjoy it. Yeah, and, I and that you it put it forward. <laughs> that's funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Life form. Do, 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 do. Yes. <laughs> well, so. What are your final thoughts for recognizing funny moments in next gen? Justin? Well, of course, I, I would have hoped, you know, with this topic of funniest moments in TNG, we'd have a good time. We had a great time, and I hope everyone listening to this did too. There's so many great funny moments in, in the next generation, whether it's it's in the episodes or in, in the movies. And, you know, with, with Star Trek, it's mainly dramatic, but throughout all of the different incarnations of Star Trek, there have been really funny moments to break that tension or because you know the character really well and, and it's funny the way that they, they act or something that, that they're saying. And, and, you know, I love in, in The Next Generation, we have so many moments because I don't think it was difficult for us to come up with three or four picks, right? It was pretty easy to come up with that. And I had a longer list of, of some honorable other honorable mentions as well. There's just so many great moments. And and I, I do hope that that tradition does continue with Discovery and we get some some funny stuff in there too. I think we will because it's always been about like a, a crew being a family together. And when you have that, there's, there's going to be some fun and some funny moments in that. So I, I just really enjoyed doing this and recognizing uh, funny moments in Next Generation. Yeah. Richard? Uh, I had, I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, I, it's, it definitely, so I was like thinking, I was like, I, I was trying not to think, uh, in the movies. Cause I mean, obviously there's some humor, there's quite a bit of humor in there. Obviously it's a movie, but like, um, and I really wanted to focus on some of the, uh, uh, or a majority of my time on, on the, uh, on on this series and i absolutely found quite a bit i was like wow yeah it, it it's just there's just so many of uh, so many moments that uh, you know try i mean i'm sure we're gonna get lots of comments on this one because uh it's gonna it's i mean obviously everyone finds certain things funnier than others but i just think that this is a this was just fun because we picked there was quite a bit quite quite a bit to quite a bit to pick from so I I definitely preparing for this episode. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. No one had duplicate, and even Richard, you thought I would pick it, and I missed it. And so there's so many funny moments, even as we mentioned within some serious episodes, that they have this lightheartedness that really uh, I think evens out the episode. So it's not so dark, not so heavy. But you do get these lighter moments. And even in the funny episodes, you know, that they are humorous. And I really enjoy that mix 
of humor and storyline and sci-fi all mixed in with it. I think it really makes Next Gen and, and all of Star Trek. I mean, each series has their own bits of humor and funny moments within it. So I'm glad that we did this. And listeners, let us know your funniest moments from Next Gen. Well, and as as I was hearing you say that, what's really interesting is we didn't pick any episodes that were supposed to be like the funny episodes. We picked the funny moments within that, and none of them had to do actually with ones where it was specifically like, this is going to be really funny. So I think they, they were at their best with the funny moments when it was within the, the drama, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, it's been fun talking about our picks for the funniest moments in The Next Generation, but that isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. Here's what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, The 602 Club. I honestly was thrilled with the way that they set it up because, like you said, sort of like uh, Russian dolls, I guess, um, is a good way to explain it. You introduce one character in this existing show and then it leads to that character's own show, which leads to the next one's own show. The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. There were a lot of comments talking about this roller coaster ride mm-hmm. you know yay i'm so excited trek's on oh it's a prequel you know oh mm-hmm. i saw the first trailer and i loved it oh brian fuller's no longer working on it mm-hmm. oh that's we're getting all this diversity oh look at the klingons right and you could just see it seriously some fans have gone through some serious roller coaster rides <laughs> To the journey! And so I can see the Herogen viewing themselves as very noble, very civilized. They don't mm-hmm. let their prey suffer, but really they're doing these horrific things, just like we do here in the yeah. real world when we have to go fight wars. Yeah, absolutely. I think they go home and they write an epic poem about it, and that makes it okay. <laughs> <laughs> the the Herogen equivalent of Beowulf, right? Warp 5. Gary Graham had a, came over and said a couple of nice things, but the funny thing was he said... I've been on this show for four years. This is my first day on the bridge. You're over there firing the phasers? What is going on? And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, and you should be, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps. And you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's show. There are many ways for you to do that. The best place is to join the larger conversation in the Babel Conference. That's our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Gray. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at TrekFM and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekFM. 
So Amy, where can people find you on the internet? Well, you can find me here on the network hosting on The Edge. That's our Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the new Star Trek Discovery. And you can find me on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson. But my favorite place is the Babel Conference. Richard, how about you? Well, they could find me uh, also on the Bebo Conference. Uh, it's my second place to, uh, to hang out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you guys can find me there uh, on the Bebo Conference. Um, and also, I am on Twitter, and my handle is XRansom. Yourself, Justin? Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at TrekFan4747, where I tweet about nothing but Star Trek. I'm currently tweeting out my Season 3 rewatch of The Next Generation. And you can also find me hanging around the Babel Conference on Facebook. Well, if you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. We'd like to take this opportunity to recognize our current associate producers, Norman Lau, Justin Ozer, and Michael Huter. Thank you for supporting Earl Grey. Okay, so listeners in the UK... um, If you haven't already, please give us a star rating and review, written review on iTunes. It'll enter you for a chance to win a great book called Treconomics, which is all about the economics of Star Trek. And it particularly focuses, I think, on the economics of the next generation era. Uh, So please submit a star rating and written review if you're in the UK on iTunes by September 30th for a chance to win that great book. So join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. Nice planet. Things are only impossible until they're not. Great joy and gratitude. <laughs>